All right, welcome to week three of the Amazing Marriage Plan series. After we get done tonight, we'll be halfway through. Awesomeness. Three more lessons after this one. So tonight we're going to kind of shift gears a little bit. We're going to talk about something that uh, really is a big challenge for not only married couples, but for all of us as, as human beings, and that is practical communication. We're going to apply it in particular to, obviously, this relationship that exists between uh, Marietta and I and between you and your spouse, and, and talk about practical communication. Go ahead and throw that up. The, the message says, may our dependably steady and warmly personal God develop maturity in you so that you get along with each other as well as Jesus gets along with us all. Then we'll be a choir, not our voices only, but our very lives singing in harmony in a stunning anthem to the God and Father of our Master Jesus. That's from Romans 15 in the message. And really that's what we want to talk about here tonight is we want to talk about um, being able to communicate so that this relationship, this relationship becomes, a, becomes literally a choir. We start to to speak in, in harmony, and, and it's all for the glory of our Master Jesus. Do you have anything? I noticed that you're sitting like more than an arm length away from me. Is there a reason for that? <laughs> <laughs> Is that better? Oh, my gosh. Okay. All right, teach away. <laughs> Men and women, we know we, were, we are created different. We look different. We act different. We dress different, mostly. Um, but if we really look at the creation story and see what happened when God created Adam, he created Adam by himself to begin with, and Adam was alone, and he got, got to be with God in the garden by himself. It was just him and God. He got to hang out with God, just him and God. We know that God walked with Adam in the garden, and he, he got to name all the animals, and I know what you're going to say, yeah. and he, he got to name all the animals. He got to do a lot of really neat stuff by himself with God, but God said it wasn't good that man be alone, and he needed to create someone else for him. Now, when he created man, we know Adam, he grabbed the dirt. He formed the man, breathed life into his nostrils, the breath of life, and he was alive. But he did it differently with woman. To create Eve, he actually took a rib out of Adam, we all know the story, and created her from his body. Now, if, if the word Genesis 1.27 says, so God created man in his own image, in the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. If we're created in God's image, this is just a theory. If man was created in God's image and he took part of him out and created woman over here, I believe that what he did was he separated our characteristics, a re direct reflection of himself, into two distinct sexes, male and female. And when he separated those characteristics, together we become a whole reflection of what God has for us in a marriage. It's part of the mystery of two becoming one flesh and 
being a reflection of the Lord. So we're different. Yes, yes, we are. We are different. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that that, and and and, and this is what creates some of our differences is the fact that. As men, we were created in a relationship, into a relationship with God, but we were alone. And then God saw that that was not good. He created woman, and she was created right into a relationship with the man. As a matter of fact, and we see that in the creation story, when, when Adam laid eyes on Eve, he didn't even know her, but the Bible says he broke out in song. He went, yeah, God. Bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. So he was like, you know, it was good. It was good. And he didn't know her, but the woman was created to be in relationship with the man. Now, don't you wonder what she was thinking <laughs> in the world? I don't even know you. Yeah. So anyway, so we think differently. And because we think differently and we were created a bit differently, we communicate differently. We certainly do communicate differently. The other thing that we have to take into account is that our experiences, Marietta's experiences are different than my experiences, for sure, beyond the shadow of a doubt. And so because her experiences are different than my experiences, I, um, we, we find that a lot of times when we communicate, the communication is actually colored by the fact that we don't, we don't have that same background necessarily. So those are things that we have to overcome. Now, what we're going to do tonight a little bit is we're going to make some generalities. Um, some of these things that we're going to, we're going to, going to cite um, may apply to you as a man, may apply to you as a woman. May, but what we generally find is that, that usually in a one-flesh relationship, one or, uh, one or the other partner displays these types of, of characteristics. So I'll start off. Is that all right? Okay. All right. So just referring to our chart, a guy typically is going to think about one thing at a time and can't really multitask the way that a woman can. So when I'm thinking about something, I'm very focused. It's right here, right now. That's all I want to think about. And we're very different as women. We're used to multitasking. I think God gave us that ability because we had to be able to be married and take care of children and a house and everything and a husband all at the same time. So we had to be able to take all the different parts of life and blend them together. So we got that task. Lucky us. Yeah? We're blessed. All right. <clears throat> okay. That's awesome. Um so men in general need to, um, we need to finish something before we go on to the next thing. And a big frustration generally for a guy is not being able to finish one thing before he's able to move on to the next thing. What about a woman? It doesn't matter to us. We can be emptying the dishwasher, talking on the phone, and preparing dinner all at the same time. So it doesn't matter to us. You can... Be having a conversation if you're working, and for me this has happened, I'm working on a deal on the phone while I'm emptying the dishwasher or making the bed, a business deal. It just comes naturally for us. And in a lot of cases it drives me crazy. 
The other thing that a man will generally do is we're thinking all the time about, hey, how are we going to fix something? And it doesn't matter if we're going to make a repair to something that's broken or we're going to fix an issue with the relationship. We are thinking about fixing something. And as soon as a problem is delivered our way, ding, I'm going to fix it. What can I do to fix it? That's the key. They're thinking about fixing it while we as women are talking it through. So we may go on and on and on about an issue on all the different ways that it could break, not knowing what's going to happen or what we're going to decide until we get to the end of our one-way discussion. And and while Marietta, when, when we're having this type of a discussion, she may be thinking in in different ways, and she's talking about the big issue, I want to move in a logical sequence through the issue. In other words, I want to think about, okay, I've got to deal with that. It's kind of like part A, slot B. Okay, now I can move on to tab C. It's not so for women. Right. And I'm going to go back to the first point about for women that, you know, we can connect different thoughts about different things different times and different people all together. We can make them connect. And, and it's that way when we're talking because one thought spurs another thought and bursts another thought until we weave our way to what we're going to do. But this is not true for a guy. Generally, a guy will actually have to think it through in their mind. We're, we're thinking about what we're going to do. And once we come up with the acceptable plan, then it's time for action, and we'll generally act on the act, on what we develop in our head. We're going to act. Women like to verbalize, and I do this quite often. Um, I yep, you do. I I will look at our house that we built ten years ago that I I'm happy with. There's nothing wrong with it. It's a great house, and I'll think, gosh, you know. Maybe we should put a window right there in this wall, and the sun could come from there and through there, and we could get this real nice daylight, but it wouldn't be the direct sunlight. And, you know, maybe we should have made that a bigger doorway. And I'm talking, and he's going ka-ching, ka-ching, <laughs> ka-ching. Cool. And I know, first of all, you know, but what I haven't told him is that I'm just talking. I don't intend to go through with anything that I'm talking about. I'm just Telling him that, you know, it would have been nice if I had thought about it back 10 no, years ago. No, I'm not going ka-ching, ka-ching necessarily. Oh, you're not? No, no. But the way, the place that you want to put the window, I mean, I'm sitting there going, that's a load-bearing wall. There ain't no way we could put the window <laughs> up there. You know? I mean, that ain't going to work, you know. And so I'm hung up on the load-bearing wall. She's already retiling the bathroom or something, you know. <laughs> anyway, so. When, when guys plan, we want to we really keep our plan simple. As a matter of fact, I tell Marietta that, you know, a guy can go on a coast-to-coast road trip with a change of underwear. And we're good. We're good, you know. As long as we can find the interstate, we've got a pair of underwear, we're, we're out, you know. And, you know, and I may not understand, and I will tell you, this happens all the time. I... Do not understand a lot of Marietta's plans, you know. <laughs> but when she tells me the plan, I have a way to fix it. 
I have a way to fix it. My pan plans are much more complicated than Greg. I cannot go on a coast-to-coast -coast trip with a pair of underwear and an extra pair. No, I no. want to know where we're going. I want to know what we're going to do when we get there. I want to, I, got, I have to know what hotel we're going to be in, and I want a paper map to go with that, just in case the GPS fails. Yeah. yeah. I want to know where we're staying every night, and I want to know where we're eating, most importantly. Every day, every meal. Yeah. And so as a guy goes along through life and we're going from place to place to place, it's almost like I'm going to sit in that chair and I'm going to consider things. And then I'm going to go and I'm going to sit in this chair and I'm going to consider my surroundings and my circumstances. And then I'm going to sit right there, you know, and I'm going to move. And if this chair was particularly good, I would like to go back to that chair because I can remember it. So if this chair is uncomfortable, I'm going to go back to that one. That's comfortable. What do you guys think? We know all of the key, all of the chairs all the time. I know. We're able to. We can. I know. Identify with every chair, and we move in and out of the chairs yeah. without any. Yeah. And, and so because we're like this, we're moving from place to place to place, I can't necessarily tell you about that situation if it was not good for me. I want to go back to that chair because that was a good one, and I can tell you all about that one. And Marietta will invariably, she'll say, well, what would you do today? And if I didn't have a good day, it was like, well, can't remember. <laughs> you know, and, and I'm telling the truth because it wasn't appealing to me. I'm going to handle your next point. Okay. They can really think about nothing. Men can really think about nothing. I remember one day, one evening, oh. night, we're laying in bed, and I... When the realization hit me that he really can think about nothing, because I've never thought about nothing. I don't know how to even shut off my head to think about nothing. And unless my eyes are shut, and then I'm still dreaming, I'm thinking about something. And we're, we're in bed, and he says, uh, I said to him, so what are you thinking about over there? He said, nothing. I said, oh, you've got to be thinking about something. And he said, no. He said, what are you thinking about? And I'm laying on my back. I'm looking up at the ceiling. I said, you know. Hold it. The ceiling has like a. Hang, hang on. I don't, I, I got, at this point, I had no idea that asking that stinking question was going to take me on a trip. Like we're fixing to go on right now. I'm thinking about nothing. And I'm just trying to make conversation. And here we go. Go ahead. Well, the ceiling came out, and then it kind of goes up like this, and then there was another curve, and then, it, you know, another angle, and then it comes up, and then it flattened out up here or something. And I'm laying in bed looking at that going, you know, I'm looking at that line, and I'm thinking about that's pretty straight and thinking about the guy who had to get up on the ladder and hang up there with his neck bent backwards trying to make a straight line with the mud, the tape, first of all, then the mud, and then, he, you know, whoever put the shot the – sheetrock texture on top of that, and I'm thinking about that, thinking, wow, 
that kind of reminds me of the beach, the texture on that. Remember that time we went to the beach and um, we buried Lindsay in the sand up to her neck? And there were, like, really big waves, and so she went out with you in the water, and then there were dolphins, and one day we were at SeaWorld, <laughs> and we saw those dolphins, and they were all in this uh, aquarium swimming around in a circle, and, you know, remember that time that Tazzy, we put that little thing on her tail, and she chased it? You see what I'm talking about? This is... I go from my good, comfortable place, I'm thinking about nothing, and it's a good thing. And the next thing I know, we are all over the world, and Marietta is talking to me, and I'm like, well, here we go, you know. So these are, these are, these are practical examples of how we communicate differently and how we think about things differently. You have okay. a, you have another example. Well, I'm going to talk uh, talk about our our uh, our hanker story. Okay. So, Greg and I were married. We're in living in Texas. We happened to be here probably I guess about 12 years ago, 13 years ago. And I come home. He's he's taken over the business that we started, so he's at home, and I'm on the road on a job. When I get back, he's done my laundry. Now, we've been married for a long time. My laundry is I handle my clothing. He can wash the towels and the sheets and, you know, his own clothes, but he cannot wash my clothes. There was a line drawn early on in our relationship having to do how how my clothing got washed. Well, I come home, and I have to pass through the laundry room, and hanging in the laundry room are my sweaters that he has washed. And I know he was trying to be helpful, but what he has done is hung my sweaters on the giant hangers from the cleaners, the wire ones, the giant hangers from the cleaners. Okay. So I now have second shoulders on all my sweaters poked out the side. So I'm thinking, okay, be calm. He was just trying to be helpful. They needed washed anyway. You're going to have to do it over. You know, it's not extra work. So I said, honey, come here. I'm going to show you something. See these hangers that you put my sweaters on? They made these second shoulders here. And he looks at me, blinks his eyes a few times. I said, these are really big hangers. Don't put, you don't put sweaters on, really big, on the really big hangers. And he's just looking at me, and his eyes are blinking. I'm thinking, okay, he, this is not helping. So I take it off the thing, and I lay it on top of the dryer, and I said, now look, the sweater has second shoulders in it. Do you see this? I, can't, I cannot wear this shirt with second shoulders poking out of the side of my arm. He's standing there looking at me, blinking his eyes really wide, and nothing is coming out of his mouth. So I am frustrated now because this is, he's not getting it. I'm like, this is not rocket science. <laughs> My sweater in the laundry. What were you thinking? Now it's got these second shoulders. The only way for me to fix this is to wash the whole load again. What were you thinking? And then we're off to the races. Oh, yeah, it gets bad. We are, yeah. it is gone south. 
Yeah. But what I didn't know was what he was thinking. Because he was thinking while I was talking. And what was he thinking? This, I have lived at this point, I, I've lived, um, I probably, we were, I probably was 40, 46 years old, maybe when this happened, maybe, something like that, 45. No, I was only 39. Whatever. Anyway, <laughs> so, um, anyway, so I'm in my 40s, and when Marietta says, big hangers, this is a new fact to me. I never knew that there were different size hangers. And so I am thinking, I mean, I have shut down. Bing! I am in the place. And I'm like, ding, 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 ding. New information. Big, different size hangers. Ding, 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 ding. And so I'm sitting there thinking to myself, so I'm not hearing anything that she's saying because I'm processing this hanger thing. It's new information. And I'm like, there are different size hangers. Where do you get the little ones? <laughs> I've been to Walmart. I hadn't seen different ha- size hangers. I don't know. I better go to Walmart. You know? and, and I am really, so, I am hung up on the hanger deal. And I am, I am at this point, because nothing's come out of his mouth, I am losing it. I have gone over the top. I have gone all Sicilian on him. And he says, where do you get the hangers at Walmart? I, where do you get the hangers? The same place I get them in the closet. <laughs> she is wild. And I'm like, all I did was I was trying to help. And now I've got this new information and I am hung up. And he doesn't understand. And then I got this wild Sicilian lady. Unleashing on me because I'm not talking, but I'm trying to figure out where to stink and get the hangers. And then she tells me, like, you get them in the closet? <laughs> it's not right. Anyway. So. Which is why that line was drawn in the sand over my clothing. So, anyway, so you see how it works? I mean, we can, we as guys, I mean, we can, we can get hung up in, a, in that situation like this. And we start to process something, and, and our spouses can actually take it as, as indifference or something even worse. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. Right, because we think that they're, we take their lack of response as a, either they don't care, they're not interested, they don't get it, and that you have to re-explain it over and over and over again. <laughs> but that's not it at all. That's no. not it. And they're thinking, and they need time to process. And this, you know, we're saying men and women, but again, your relationship may be totally opposite. Yep. Do you want to do the other one? Yeah. Go ahead. We we have some friends who allowed us, gave us permission to use this example. Uh, They they were newly married, and um, they were in a parking lot driving through a parking lot of a mall, had been to a store, and they were driving through the parking lot of the mall. And he was thinking, he saw the movie theater, and he was thinking, wow, there's this chick flick I know she's been wanting to see. And so I think, yeah, I think I'm going to ask her. 
And I think I'm just going to take her. I'm going to take her over there and take her to the movie. She's been wanting to see him suck up my manhood and go in there with her amongst all the estrogen in the room and listen to, you know, watch this movie with her. She's going to love me for it. You know, this is going to be awesome. And then the woman says, because, you know, he's thinking this through, the woman says, wow, it's such a beautiful day today. It would be a shame to do something outside. Inside. Inside. But a shame to do something inside. And he looked at her and he said, well, I guess that means you don't want to go to the movies. (laughs) Now, he hasn't communicated any of this, but what he's doing is he's, in his mind, the way we will do, we're making a plan. And he's making his plan, and he's getting it all lined up, and it's getting better and better and better as he's thinking about it. And he's getting ready to tell her, and then when she lays that on him, it wipes his plan out, and he gets all mad, and they go to town. They go to town right there because of it, you know. Because she had no clue why he was mad at her. So then she got mad at him, and then he got even more mad at her, and then they have this big fight in the parking lot. So the movie theater was. <laughs> so anyway, so let's shift gears here. And, and because this lesson is practical communication, we really do need to show each other some, some respect and, and have some understanding and really think about things before we really enter into communication. Now, I'm not talking about necessarily all communication, but I'm talking about there are times when there, are, there is very important communication, and during those times where we need to communicate, it's an important issue, we really need to talk, there are some things that we need to think about before we talk, before we communicate. Go ahead, babe. Okay. You want to think about the situation that exists at the time. You ever heard of a VBR ticket violation of the basic rule the speed limit may be 55 and you're doing 50 and you get the ticket because the conditions then and there existing at the time warranted a slower speed they call it a a violation of the basic rule and your situation is kind of like that what's the situation at the time where you Way before you want to look at it, before you discuss anything, because you may be violating <laughs> the communication rule. Yep. So you want to look at things like, did either of you have a bad day? If you're going to talk about something really heavy, something that could be cause the other person to get upset or you get to get upset, um, you don't want to talk about it when you've had a real bad day. You don't want to talk about it when you're you're stressed out. You don't want to talk about it when you're, you, you don't have time. You're too busy to stop and actually give it your full attention, and you don't want to do it when you're too tired. And, re- and related to that, you want to consider the timing, particularly when you enter into some important communication. So if you're getting ready to go somewhere or uh, you're getting ready to go to bed, that's bad timing. Um, sometimes Marietta and I will have – uh, we will actually talk to each other, and we know we have to make a big decision, and we know that in order for us to talk through this decision, it's going to take maybe an hour. If we don't have an hour, we don't talk about it. We recognize that we don't have enough time to talk about it. Um, maybe your spouse just got home from work or from, an, uh, from a trip, and if that's the case, then that, the timing's not right. You want to consider where you are. Some things, um, 
you don't want to be in a place where you're going to be constantly distracted. So you want to be careful about where you enter into these conversations. Uh, we were sitting, we had my little grandniece from Oregon with us. She's not little anymore. She's 14, going on 15 or 30, depending upon your point of view. And uh, we were at a restaurant, and all these people that just happened to be in the same restaurant, we don't know why we were all in the same restaurant, but stopped by to say hello. And, and she said, wow, I sure know a lot of people. And I said, it's a small town, honey. But we couldn't, Greg and I couldn't have carried on a serious conversation in that situation because we would have been constantly interrupted. We want to think about well, who's present. We, if we get into a situation where we're, we have, how do I like to say this? Um, we are demonstrative in our emotion about the situation. We don't want to do it in front of other people or in front of the kids. <clears throat> kids should be insulated. My parents insulated us from their fights. You know, kids aren't insulated a lot anymore when their parents are in disagreement, and it causes them really bad hurt. And I know this because I've worked children's church when I've been asked to pray for the parents that are fighting. It really hurts them. <clears throat> um, you want to know about, you want to know, you, you want to be careful that you're not in a car. Like if I get into a heated discussion with Greg and I'm driving, I don't know, it just happens. The car goes faster and faster and faster. I don't mean for it to, but it just keeps going and going. Um, you don't want to have any TV, radio, MP3 player. And I say this, where's your phone and is it turned on? And a lot of times you need to take the phone and leave it in another room turned Amen. to silent Amen. so you don't even know there's a call when you're going to be talking. Because there's nothing worse to be in the middle of that discussion and one of the persons say, oh, oh, so-and-so is texting me. Oh, i got to take this call. And we're trying to discuss something. If you don't know what's happening, you're not missing it. So leave mm -hmm. it in the other room. And the, other, and the final point is that really I need to think about, um, I need to consider Marietta and what, Marietta is trying to literally communicate and where she is coming from when I receive the, the words that she's trying to transmit. And conversely, I need, when I speak to Marietta, I need to consider what are, my, what are the impact of my words going to be on Marietta. And so that's what we're talking about tonight. So we're, we're going we're to kind of go through some things that are good things to engage in when you're, when you're going to communicate. Um, be honest. Now, we're talking about important communications now, but you want to be honest. You want to make sure oh, oh, that... Wait a ahead. second. <laughs> Go ahead. We're talking... Be honest. We're talking about... We're talking about all communications. <laughs> that's, what I, that's what I meant. That's it what is I meant. good to be honest with your spouse because once you've reached that... Once you have not been honest, especially for women, we lose our place of safety. We lose our place of safety. So, and I am sure that men, to a certain degree, feel the same way, but won't admit it in the same terms. Right? You know, 
you start wondering who you married and why they would ever lie to you. Because this is the person that you thought you could trust with your own life. So honesty is real important. It robs, lack of honesty robs a relationship of a lot of things that are really hard to put back together. They can be put back together, but they take a lot of time. Amen. And you want to be open. You want to make sure that you are communicating effectively and you're communicating exactly what you feel. Now, for guys, it may be a little bit more difficult to get to that point. And what we have written down there is that a lot of times pastors and marriage counselors hear spouses during sessions say, hey, I didn't know you felt like that, or I didn't know that that was important to you. And so when we're communicating, and and guys, I'm going to speak to you very directly about this issue, a lot of times, and, and Marietta and I engage in this because just as we were talking about earlier that we move from place to place to place, there are some times where I have to literally tell Marietta, I have to consider how I feel about what you said and give me some time. We just stop. Let me think about that. Because where, generally speaking, women are very easily open, guys are much less so. And I believe that God created, created us that way for a reason. And we won't cover it here. But there are times where I'll tell Marietta, give me some time so that I can understand what I'm dealing with. I mean, emotionally, I, you know, I'm like, whoa. What I realized is that Greg was detached from his own feelings. And so a lot of times he doesn't know why he does what he does until I ask him. I dig into that and kind of try to pull it out of him. And the I, I don't know that I like that word dig, but go ahead. Okay. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> but he might be, he might, he's not one to fly off the handle. So if he flies off the handle to something that was, that I didn't do anything, instead of me getting mad at him, what I usually do is, okay, well, you are not mad at me, and this is not about me. What happened? What are you upset about? What's bothering you? And he'll go, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I, you know, and for a woman, I'm like, what do you mean you don't know what you're said about? But they really don't know. Trust me. You have to give them some time to figure out what it is that they are really upset with. And a lot of times it's just something that happened at work or somebody, something somebody said to him, somebody else that's been kind of eating at him, that it, and we pray about it and it's gone. Amen. But sometimes Amen. it might take three days for him to come to that conclusion. So we need to allow our men time to figure out what it is that's going on inside of them. Amen. And one of the things that we want to do when we're communicating, and we're communicating in a, in a, in a what I would call a now a, a, a high level, I, I want to be reassuring to Marietta, and Marietta mentioned this earlier, that she wants to feel safe. So I don't want to, I don't want to say anything that would take away or make her feel unsafe. So I want to con- consistently reassure Marietta that she's okay, that we're okay. And a lot of times Greg will say to me, when I'm talking to another woman, he'll say to me, are you guys okay? Yeah, we're fine. Why? Well, I heard what you were talking about and what you said, and you guys talk to each other like that? Yeah, we do. I mean, he doesn't understand 
the level of conversations two women can have that isn't personal but goes deep because men don't have those kinds. I don't know if you knew that. They don't talk in the bathroom. <laughs> they don't talk. No, we what, don't. They don't talk even when they're in the stall. No. Oh, they, no. There is nothing going on in the no. bathroom. Uh-uh. And the level of conversation that a man has is in, in, in the bathroom tells you how much he's thinking about what he really wants What's really what he really wants to say, and he never says it to another guy. Okay, so that's he a, tells me all the time. Those are fighting words if the two men said that to each other. <laughs> I do say that. Yeah, I, I, I hear Marietta talk to uh, uh, another woman, and I'm like, two guys could never say that to each other. What 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 the women just said, because it'd be on. So, anyway, um, so we want to see things from our spouse's point of view. This is a good thing for us to do. And we always want to consider the context of the conversation that we're having as well. And so um, I don't want to make sure that I'm jumping to any conclusions when we're communicating in depth. I want to make sure that the conversation is flowing contextually. It's always good if you don't understand what the other person has said or you're not clear to, to clarify it. I think you said this. Did I hear you right? Am I understanding that? A lot of times, Greg and I's major difference in communication is because he says something and means it one way, and I receive it some other way. And so, you know, it's on. Sicilian lady is out of the closet, right? So um, it's good to stop and go before the blow-up, before that rising temperature comes to the top and the boiling overflows to look at them and say, you know, I think, did you just say this? Is that what you meant by what you said? What? That's usually a response. What? No, I meant this. I don't know if that ever happened. You know, it might never ever happen to you, but it happens to us a lot. So we want to check for understanding. And we want to say it with love and use seasoned words. The uh, Colossians 4.6 says, let your speech always be with grace seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. So we want to consider um, the words that we use. We want to make sure that we use graceful words. There are times, and, and I really do want to point this out, there are times when the right thing to do, the right conversation is to let things go um, and just lay it down. And 1 Peter 4.8 says, Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other, for love covers a multitude of sins. Proverbs 10.12 says, Hatred stirs up quarrels, but love covers all offenses. And then finally, the love chapter in 1 Corinthians 13 says, Love does not demand its own way. Love is not irritable, and it keeps no record of when it has been wronged. It is never glad about injustice, but rejoices whenever the the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. Then you want, we want to be sure that to express forgiveness, because a lot of times, if things get a little heated, one person can 
you know, I, I mean, maybe I'm alone in this, but say something, and the minute it's out of my mouth, I think, oh, why did I say it like that? I knew I said it wrong. It didn't come out the way I intended, and I knew it, I should never have said it. The best thing to do in that circumstance is to stop, say, I shouldn't have said that, apologize, and ask for forgiveness. Move forward. Um, Amen. And, and one of the things that, you know, we talked about forgiveness last week, but one of the things that is so effective about offering up that forgiveness and receiving the forgiveness and walking in forgiveness is that it literally brings our relationship so much closer together. So it cements our relationship. So it's a good thing, even in communication. And then exercising self-control is about not making things personal against the other person. We've talked last week a little bit that we have rules. Greg and I have rules for our marriage, boundaries that we don't cross. We talked about it in the first lesson that one of our boundaries is we never use the word or threat of a divorce to each other because we don't want to give the enemy a foothold. The, the same thing is in um, exercising self-control. We do not want to do anything that will wound the other person. So I don't want to wound Greg, make the attack personal, tell him he's worthless or anything like that that destroys him as my husband, as my man, as a man. And he doesn't do that to me either. And we'll get more into setting boundaries here later in this lesson. And you want to resolve things quickly. The word says that we're supposed to not let the sun go down on our wrath. So we, we want to get to a resolution of, of, a, of a disagreement quickly. Don't want to let it hang out for several days and torture each other. You know, the silent treatment in the house where you don't say anything, but you're in the same space. It's very awkward. <laughs> now, similar to what we want to do, there are things that we do not want to do, and we absolutely don't want to do these things when we're communicating. Uh, we told you during the first lesson that we never want to say anything about divorce, and so we never want to use the word divorce or separation or I'm leaving or I'm done or I don't care or you don't really love me or I wish I had never married you. Those are all destructive words, and those kinds of words when we're communicating can really give the devil a foothold, and he can seize on those things, and the next thing you know, I mean, we're in a downward spiral, right? That's right. We don't want to bring up the past unless it helps to solve the current, current situation, not to inflame it. Did you get that? Don't bring up the past unless it's going to help to solve it, not add fuel to the fire. Um, remember we talked in forgiveness that once you say, once you guys forgive each other, once we forgive each other, we don't ever go back and visit that again. It's as far from the east as it is from the west. We choose not to remember it anymore. Amen. We don't want to issue ultimatums or threats. In other words, if you do this, then I'm going to, you know, and fill in the blank. And you've heard those kinds of ultimatums and threats, maybe. But we never want to use those when we're communicating in this relationship. And we don't want to use absolutes like, you never, you always, all the time, constantly, used in negative connotation with that. 
We don't want to store up issues to unload at one time, so we want to make sure that we're keeping a short account in regards to the issues.